Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo Podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. I don't think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to like it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 170. I hope you're well, hope your week is is going well for you. Thank you so much for for being here, for downloading and subscribing. Um, As you might be aware, there's been a little bit of difficulty with some of the podcast hosting and uploading and things like that. Um, So thank you for sticking with me over the last couple of weeks where it has been a little bit more difficult. Um, Hopefully that is all sorted and... uh, I might do a little update kind of next week, assuming that the the next couple of weeks goes okay. Um, this week I am delighted to be joined by a new guest. Sal is going to be with us and we're going to be talking a little bit about Big Man Beard. As always, if you're interested in coming onto the podcast yourself, uh, you can find the details over at mikesopenjournal.com. I'd also say just drop me a message because some of those details might have changed very, very slightly uh, with the recent changes to recording and uploading. Uh, I need to update that webpage. Uh, yeah, it's 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 been a challenging couple of weeks, but I think we are there uh, and I'm looking forward to continuing with some amazing guests that we've got booked in already for the next kind of two to three months. I think we're already... Um, I think we're into April. Um, so yeah, some awesome guys that are going to be coming. We've got uh, some returning guests, some new guests, uh, and I'm also hoping we'll have a, a different type of episode that we'll drop in every so often as well. In between the me sitting down and having a chat and the guests coming on. Um, so I hope you enjoyed last week's episode where we had a little bit of a chat about um kind of themed mental health days in the uk particularly blue monday and time to talk day there i think this episode is going to be coming out of the week 
of Time to Talk. Um, so make sure you look and see what's going on both in your area but also online as well. There'll be a lot of resources and conversations happening. So a great way to kind of become part of some of those other communities and conversations as well. With conversations in mind, I'm obviously going to drop us in to today's episode. Um, please do feedback. This is the first time we've recorded um, in a new way. Uh, so let me know if the audio is still amazing as always um, or if you can notice any difference. Is it better than before? I'm not sure. Um, but we will see. And I'm I'm just really thankful that you guys have stuck with us over the last couple of weeks. And a huge thank you to Sal for coming on, uh, for sharing his own experience, his own insights with mental health. Um, it really is a, a privilege to have that opportunity to listen uh, to people's experiences and to share parts of their story as well on the podcast. So a huge thank you to Sal for coming on and do make sure you go and check out the stuff that Big Man Beard are doing. Um, so they're bigmanbeard.com and you can also find them on the social media if you just search for Big Man Beard as well. Sal's going to give the links at the end of the discussion and they're also in the show notes as well. But for now, I'm going to drop you in to our conversation from a couple of days ago. Hope you enjoy and I'll talk to you soon. How's your how's your day or how's your week gone, Sam? Uh, really well. It's been a really busy week. Um, we're currently planning, uh, turning from the business side of things uh, for uh, the spring and summer collections for our clothing. Um, oh, looking nice. at booking photographers and looking at where our strategy needs to be in order to have the biggest impact. We're also upscaling this week uh, some of the support activities we've got in place. Certainly locally, we've been talking to Lincoln City Football Club around having some of their players attend some local mental health events and talking about how mental health affects them and what they do under the pressure and how they cope with day-to-day life as as a professional athlete, certainly with the media. Um, mm. Also, we joined uh, and got together uh, with uh, two other people who, uh, one unfortunately lost her son to suicide uh, just over 18 months ago, and we've created a little local interest club called the Lantern Club. And um, we've had two events so far one centered around Let's Talk. Uh, unfortunately, in the village where, where we live currently, Two young lads in the last uh, three months have committed suicide. And what we're trying to do is get people together to talk about their experiences, to let people open up and get people talking, really, and Mm. kind of uh, do our little bit locally to end the stigma. Mm. Um, As a brand, it's what we're really focusing on. So rather than traditionally focusing on sales and and having the big financial impact what's really important to myself and Lucy use who runs it with me more wife is what impact we can have on the ground and how we can do something more than just give financial um, gains from sales of t-shirts etc but really what are we doing to open that up and to get people talking and to learn so um, over the past couple of weeks, I've been attending uh, different mental health events run by some really, really cool people who are, who are trying to do equal things. And really, mm. 
take it in and learn and mm. learn what is it that people are saying, what people are feeling, and then trying to convert that into something we can do as a brand that will support them. Mm. I think that's been one of the really cool things to see with some of the stuff that you're um, you're doing. From from my point of view, some of the stuff I've seen, it comes across as like there's the dual, uh, I don't know, like dual identity or dual sides to the organisation where we, there's kind of this retail clothing side, but also there seems to be a real function on uh, um, the actually doing something, um, not just oh we're kind of linked in or we, we're interested in mental health. There, it seems like you're you're actually engaging. I think those were great examples of kind of real grassroots with the community work. Um, we're not just saying, oh, we're interested in this. Um, you actually are and you're doing things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what the key area is, I mean, when we first started this, me and wife, when we first had the, the first uh, conversation around what we're doing, it, it was almost that kind of crossroads point. Um, personally, I've worked in corporate life my entire working career Mm. and that's been great and very rewarding i've achieved a lot from a a career development point of view but started to question what impact have i made Mm. in in the real world and having mental health uh concerns in my life which i only just by doing this i've started to understand to be honest Mm. and to combine the two, I was in talks with a friend who lives over in Melbourne and he said, well, why don't you do both? I've always had an interest in creating a brand. He said, well, why don't you do it and do some good with it? Why don't you take those skills and, and, and those passions of yours and, and go and do something around mental health that's important to you? Mm. So the, it was literally a conversation that we'd had over uh, a Facebook messenger <laughs> that turned into a, a family meeting in the kitchen. And within hours, we were on the phone to a branding uh, uh, organization going, I want a logo. Mm. <laughs> it was as quick as, as quick as that. And then all the collective family brains were together and going, right, we need to focus on making an impact and I've seen lots of good work uh, around the media and I think as a whole topic it's starting to be opened up in society but the bit I didn't see was the so what factor Mm. who's doing something it's great lots of good charities doing lots of good work but from a wide scale point of view who's doing what and I didn't know So that's where the journey began, was to try and understand, and this is in October last year, so we're very young in our journey, but okay, so who's doing what and how can we make an impact? Naturally, as a brand selling stuff, you can make a financial impact, Mm. but that isn't enough, certainly for, for, for us. We want to understand how we can bring a community together. How can we? And as we started to kind of sketch out our ideas and, and brand identity, it was this bit, and I always refer it to as maybe far-fetched, but can you build a brand so powerful that it changes someone's emotion, that makes them feel like they belong? Could you build a brand, for example, that someone is feeling in that dark place and they put on an item of clothing or look at a symbol and go, I belong? 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our vision. Can we build something where people feel safe and knowing, ah, I've got a whole unit of people behind me and I can go to a place and find that comfort. And that's really where we're focusing on. So it's less about sales for us. And, and, and don't get me wrong, it's important to maintain the brand and be able to, uh, to, to financially afford it. Yeah. But it's really about how can we make an impact? What's the impact? And if we can understand that, then we know where the sales need to be in order to make that impact. So it's going around and we went this, uh, to a veterans um, breakfast and it's a mental health group set up around veterans. And, and what I saw was lots of great little charities and community groups set up, but that kind of joining element, that one place. And it was these networking events that glue it all together. So I'll give you an example. There was uh, a gentleman there who was struggling to get a job because of his mental health. And by being at that event, he was put into a contact who knew an organization that was doing a course, truck driving course, funnily enough. And they go on a weekend, they get the HGV license, and then interviewers come in and interview them. And unless he was at that particular event in that moment in time, there was no way he would have known that existed. So that chance breakfast that he took a chance on actually ended up with a contact that gave him an opportunity. So part of what we're trying to do is how how do we leverage that and let other Mm. people know about these things? Mm. So that's kind of where we are and where our our process and journey is now is how do we create something that glues these elements together? I think that's a, a really important point to to look at and make other people aware of as well is I think you've touched on this that there are quite a lot of different places that offer support, that offer tools, um, there are a lot of different places you can go but how many people really know about this yeah. Um, and that kind of, like you say, the, 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 I guess it's less formal networking oftenly, um, that just kind of being able to meet and discover other people that are also a bit more kind of clued into some different types of support or different yeah. areas where things have been tried, whether they've worked or not, doesn't necessarily matter because you can take that and go somewhere else with it and it might work differently. Um, but yeah, just to kind of key in and be part of that. And like you say, that, that, just meeting people and discovering opportunities is a really big thing and I think where previously mental health really hasn't been discussed that that hasn't happened and it's gradually now like you say it start there's opportunities to do that whether they're being taken all the time not sure but we're starting to see that happen now yeah absolutely and I think that's where our learning is coming into play and we're trying to um, establish and look at where the gaps are Mm. and work out what we can do to fill some of those gaps. Yeah, and I think probably quite a big opportunity, like you say, coming in as a... um, If you're coming in with a product that isn't necessarily mental health linked, 
it gives you a real opportunity to go we can we can actually go into a lot of environments um as a as a, a clothing provider and we will bring the mental health stuff with us that wouldn't have existed here anyway um oh, what did i go to it's a couple of months ago i went to like a craft fair and there yeah. were these guys that had um it's like a woodworking group um similar to like a lot of the men's sheds and things like that that happen and uh he was like well we're here because it's a craft fair so we can kind of come in and what we do is part of it but actually a lot of what we offer is like well-being support and we sit down and we talk to people um we provide them with that opportunity to kind of just disclose certain things or also just to have a bit of time away from the rest of their life and it's like what an amazing thing to but they're, they're kind of in is that, oh, we do stuff that's related to craft. So we can come here and we can tell you about this other amazing stuff that wouldn't have come in otherwise. Um, and I think in my head, I'm like, oh, that's where there's that opportunity for you to do a similar thing. Yeah. And like you said, there's people out there doing great, great work. It's trying to get them linked together mm-hmm. so people mm-hmm. will know about it and people can find it and people can find that that peace and that that bit of comfort and that area when they know they're not alone there are other people out there in the feeling the way they feel and to kind of share ideas and coping mechanisms and how to deal with it and you'll come up with some awesome examples and links from even just from the couple of things you mentioned already stuff like the lantern club and lincoln like there that's some really good um examples and um opportunities just to pick up on different things and the football is so big in our country that actually any opportunity to link in with that is going to be a really good example in the future to be able to use or talk about yeah and i think when we were looking at these elements and 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 doing that it's about making sure that we we we've got we've got various demographics covered Mm. and Mel and Helen, who work with us, and George uh, on, on the on the Lantern Club, they've got some great ideas and some great enthusiasm, and it gets you going as well. When you've mm-hmm. had that tough day and you, and you meet characters like Mel and Helen, they they really puck up your uh, spirit, and you and you're thinking, yeah, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We can make a difference, and if we can do something locally, and then another village can pick that up. Yeah. And copy it and another village and another village and you've almost got this and and to use a a business term because it's what i know yeah yeah uh, almost like a franchise yeah that's a free franchise that people can pick up um and copy and replicate mm-hmm. and then if we're getting everyone talking if we're getting everyone together then the answers will come out yeah. people will start talking about what they need and what support they need and then once you start plotting that you know what what the solution's going to be and what you need to do as a bigger picture to help people so they don't end up like we are in now with rising suicides rising mm. self-harm people struggling people becoming insular because they don't know where to go and they don't know if their feelings are validated justified so forth and so on mm. Mm. let's to pick up on some of that and potentially redirect it a little bit is just to to hear a little bit more from yourself and where that interest and that passion comes from to to be so involved with 
the the mental health project and kind of where that started for you well I started off my career as uh, in basketball. I used to play professional basketball, uh-huh. and um, as that drew its uh, last breath through uh, various uh, uh, injuries, and if I'm honest, because I weren't that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the injuries. It was- <laughs> Definitely <laughs> the injuries. I'm leaning on the injuries, but yeah, if I'm honest, looking back, yeah, I might have had the attitude, but I certainly didn't have the skill, uh, and. I went into kind of corporate work and and did some more education and I found myself I couldn't sleep and I, I, I was feeling I, I couldn't explain almost numb in certain situations going through the day and I went to the GP and he said yeah you got depression and I thought I ain't got depression I've got money I've got cars I've got a nice house I've got nothing to be depressed about and here's some tablets go away you'll be fine, work less hours, the world will be a better place to live in. And having kind of a traditional upbringing from a point of view, my dad was a minor and the and, and feelings were for the weak. Yep. There weren't things you shared and so forth and so on. And it just spiraled for me. And more and more from a work point of view, I was becoming more and more successful, arguably. But from a mental health point of view, I didn't know it at the time. I was becoming less and less connected to the world and feeling I was just a paycheck for everyone around me. I was just not not my normal self. You'd put on your brave face and I'll be laughy, jolly. I'm quite a confident character out in the wider world. But soon as that kind of door shut, I was oh, deflated. And it got to a point that I thought, you know what I'm I can't do this anymore and I went took my uh, keys and sat on the top of a bridge and thought this is it I'm doing this I can't do this anymore and I couldn't for whatever reason I couldn't and I came back home and I was angry with myself I was angry with myself that I didn't have the courage to take my life Mm. and it bothered me. And the next day, got up, went to work. No one knew any different. Didn't really feel like there was anyone who'd understand. Why would they understand? I had a good paycheck. I had a house. I had a nice car. What, what was it that I was depressed about? And mm-hmm. I felt the world wouldn't understand. And got to a point that I thought, right, this it. I'm doing it. So I took lots of pills. I drank off a bottle of bleach. And tried to suck gas out of a uh, out of the cooker and then woke up in hospital. And then even then, I was getting lectured mm. that life is precious, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be, you know, da-da-da, da-da-da, look at all the people you're letting down almost. And lots of outpatient type of things that I didn't turn up to because I just didn't feel the world understood. And I knew I couldn't go to anyone because the education wasn't there and I didn't feel like all I would be was criticized for that feeling, that moment. So I kind of bottled it and I forgot about it and I got on and I suppressed every part of that feeling. So I went through the next few years unhappy, but with a brave face on. And it only as I got older and I got around different people who 
and as I progressed in work and I had to deal with employees that were going through mental health issues that I started to feel like it was normal and it was okay and my feelings were justified Mm. and verified and it actually helped me become a better manager and director Mm. because all of a sudden I got it and I could see it and I could help people and it kind of made me in a way a better manager a better director because I could understand where people were coming from and it gave me a new lease of life almost that I started to go home not so depressed not so feeling down and thinking oh it gave me that kind of other side to my life back by seeing other people were going through the same thing and I wasn't and to use a crude term a freak Mm -hmm. that and then from there I had an avid interest in it and I started to speak to more people and be open to certain people about what my experiences were and how I felt and then those days where the world was just too much for me I could cope a little better than I could the day before Mm. and that's really where the conversation came with a friend out in Melbourne he said well who's equally been through similar type of experiences, not to that extreme, but had his own battles with it. He was like, you got to do this. You could make a difference. And that's where, when I spoke to my wife and my family, and within hours, everyone was like, right, we're on this. Let's make it happen. We're doing it. It's it's really interesting to hear that side of... um, I think particularly as a male, again, with a, a similar upbringing, but mine was probably quite as strict as what you've described, is that um, you almost, I, I think, I feel almost like you needed the opportunity to say this is okay because it's for someone else and then you were yeah. able to offer it for yourself. Absolutely, um, and it's kind of yeah. I, I can't. I'm not sure how to to kind of verbalise that, but it is that idea of it's I'm I'm not worthy or it's not worth this. But then your mind is shifted because you are providing that kind of care or support for somebody else, and then it's almost like that realization of actually no, it is okay for me to do that for myself as well. Yeah, and it's almost therapy for yourself helping someone else. Yeah, because you're rationalising the way they feel because you're coming at it from almost a non-emotional point of view mm. and then you're rationalizing yourself at the same time yeah yeah because you're you have that opportunity to see something similar but be detached from it because it isn't yeah. your thing it's somebody else's and you've got that uh, uh not an affiliation you have like you've got an understanding um and you know that you you don't totally know what they're going through but you have a, an insight um, and it's just that realization of your approach to them is going to be so different to the way that you've previously approached yourself. Um, so it's really interesting to kind of hear how that has kind of happened. Um, and like you say, actually, um, it probably has made you such a better communicator, um, a colleague and a manager. Uh, so it's really good that you're kind of aware of that benefit as well. Yeah, and 
for me now, it's about how many other people are out there who feel in a, in a, in a, on a personal level on a, the same way, that they're feeling mm. no one will understand, no one will yes. get it. Yeah. And I think it's that side of, I, I imagine, and I am going to make a slight generalisation here, that yeah. what we have spoken about is quite common for men to mm. to be in that situation, to to have some of those thoughts and definitely that, those approaches to, to mental health and to um, illnesses like depression and to suicidal behaviour. And I think actually it's it's being aware of that because I I do wonder... I'm I would say I'm very similar to yourself in that it's more that I will care for someone else in a way much more better than I will care for myself Um, however we're kind of talking about opportunities where we've been able to see I'm now caring for someone else and so I can do that for myself if people are struggling but they don't have someone else to care for or to talk to that's where we're saying Oh, there's a there's a there's an opportunity there's a need for us to engage with those people to make them aware and that's that tie into some of the networking and events and things like that that you're doing that not everyone has that opportunity to manage someone else or to support someone else in a way that was going to reframe how they think absolutely absolutely um I am I am quite interested with the um, just because I'm I'm going to be doing something similar in a couple of weeks with um, a football club near to me. I know um, we're we're starting to get involved with some of the the EFL National Mind uh, activities uh, around kind of raising that awareness in stadiums and things like that. Do you Brilliant. think that's a really like? I feel like there's a, a level of awareness that has been raised already and it is very much now about kind of topping up the awareness, but it's about the signposting and what are we actually doing that you were talking about before. Yeah. Um, because I think there, we're kind of at a level, we're at a stage where people are aware this is a thing, but what is actually happening? Um, so just want, what what are you hoping to kind of get out of partnerships or activities that are similar to that um, and what should we be aiming for in the future I think for me it's making sure all the audiences are covered and mm-hmm. you've got the right mix of demographics from people on low income high income from people from different ethnic backgrounds and it's almost to show that it's non-discriminative mental illness it covers a lot and football's such a great platform and media outlet that it touches so many people and i think it's got a great voice a great mix of demographics from sport that it certainly in our country is a is possibly the leading sport that if those clubs got around the message and started promoting the so what. I think what we're going to maybe find is a snowball effect. And how many people, stereotypical lads, football, grunting, and all that kind of stigma with that side, if those people can open up. 
mm. as well as your families, as well as the people who have been going with their granddad since they were old enough to watch football. <laughs> I think it touches so many different people, mm. different groups and different stereotypes mm. that it has a massive platform to actually spread a word and actually social good. And because there's almost a tribal element to it, it's a group you belong to. And if your football club's doing it, you belong to it. Mm, yeah. And I think from a opening up and having an impact of talking, if your club does it, it normalises it and okay, it's okay with it. Mm. Because that's the club, that's the badge, that's the tribe, that's the regiment I belong to. Yeah. And because it's local in everywhere, everyone's got a local football club, that it touches at different levels. It doesn't have to be Premier League. It can, yeah. it can be EFL. But if everyone's behind it and everyone's got a platform, I think it can reach so many people at so many different levels. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely that it's it's that way into conversations as well, isn't it? They'll go home and but oh, they came in and did this thing at half time or whatever, or so and so that we were sat next to said this. Um, there's some real kind of opportunities there. I think um, I'm also realizing our, our time is creeping up, and there are a couple of questions I did have that I wanted to ask. Nice. Um, so with the we kind of talked a little bit about the clothing but we haven't really gone into it in too much detail and one of the things is obviously you mentioned kind of the logo and the branding but there I feel like there has to be a story there a little bit um so I'm just gonna uh, and you, you can just say there isn't one uh, I'll, I'll be disappointed <laughs> yeah. um but is there a story behind the, the naming and the branding um how did you talk that well, it's probably not as exciting as you make <laughs> myself. But um, being six foot two, a big man with a beard, <laughs> and being referred to sometimes as big man beard, it came from there. And really, we, when we first looked at doing this, we first sat down, we thought about beard care range. Mm. And it was no more similar than something that was personal, something that would would uh, uh, appeal and we ended up uh, as you were coming across T-Mill yeah. and the cost of entry to create a brand and the brand logo if someone said that'd be brilliant on a t-shirt that logo mm -hmm. would be amazing on a t-shirt have you thought about your merchandising so while the care stuff and, and 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 the barber stuff is something that we're definitely going to do in the future we started with the t-shirts and it's about building something that sparks a positive conversation. So some of our slogan T-shirts are enticed to get people to ask what that means. We have a continued T-shirt uh, with the semicolon uh, for suicide prevention and the amount of people who've stopped and people who've come back and said, how many people have stopped me in the street and gone, what's the semicolon for? What, what, what does that mean? Yeah. And started a conversation. So it really snowballed around that and that's where we come big man beard and then the whole kind of brand ethos was can you have that figure that big man that looks after you so it mm -hmm. kind of grew from that and being that kind of bigger fella and wanting to put my arm around people and let them you know i've been there we can help each other and it kind of was can we build a brand around that that 
you've you've got big man beard behind you and mm. it's a whole community of people it ain't an individual it's a logo that symbolizes something and get it to be meaning more than a hoodie or a t-shirt but be part of something and that create that kind of sense of belonging so someone can sit down at the end of the evening and have a cup of coffee and, and if they had a big man beard mug for argument's sake mm. they can look at it and go I'm going to go on the website. I'm going to have a look and read some people's blogs and their experiences, or I'm feeling that place. I can find a a a, a charity or, or or help that I need. And it's about inclusive and making it for everyone. Mm. And it was something we toyed around at the beginning because big man beard does it mean just only big people can mean it? Is it around yeah. size? Is it around this? And and actually, when we put it out there, we were a little nervous that people would think it's just a male oversized clothing brand <laughs> to be honest and actually what we found was actually our largest seller of clothing is is actually the female range mm. so uh, that was yeah. the, <laughs> the story there's a i know i like that story um i think there's a really nice balance had there and i think maybe it comes across more if you if you go away and have a look through kind of the wording on the website it really comes across that although this is the name it isn't just for men um that might that might be the area of focus but it's definitely not exclusive um yeah. i've seen there are a couple of uh, i think there was a couple of campaigns i saw last year and again very male focused and it is a tight line sometimes between yeah yeah this is the area we want to focus in on but it's not exclusive and there's a bit of a balance and sometimes a decision does have to be made are we going to be exclusive or not but i think the the way you've approached it is really good it keeps it open and um i'm not surprised that you have that buy-in and i i not knowing the story behind the logo i really like it um because in my head it was very much uh um the kind of the idea or the stereotype of someone that isn't going to talk about their feelings or mental health yeah, yeah. in my head <laughs> is like a big dude with a beard um so actually i think it kind of actually says look this person um not knowing it's you um <laughs> this, <laughs> this person is not only willing to have this discussion but willing to openly have this discussion um and kind of be part of your network um, was um, one of the things that kind of really struck me at first and I think um, is a really strong thing for you to have especially as you're going out and doing work within the community and with groups to see that openly as a, a brand to go no this is really important for us to all talk about um, I think is a, a very encouraging and probably very empowering for some people to see as well. Absolutely and, and it's about if we can help people and we can bring those groups together and they can feel that kind of brand means something to them and the brand isn't just about sales it's about doing so much more which is where we're focusing on ace um so to kind of round us off a little bit if people want to do find out a little bit more about yourself or about the stuff going on with Big Man Beard, where can they go to find out a little bit more information? If they go to uh, bigmanbeard.com, you go to our main website. There's a community section on there. Currently, we've got some blogs from some great people who've written about their experiences, their stories. Um, we're 
currently grown the exercise ideas as well as there's even some recipes on there and the reason the recipes on there is because I was learning how to use the blog side of the website <laughs> I put some recipes on there because it was an easy thing to learn and when we started putting blogs on I took them off and had a few emails come in going where's the recipes gone I was going to try <laughs> that one that night and they were homemade the pictures are from my kitchen. They're not very good pictures. <laughs> but we had a lot of people start emailing in going, well, I was going to do those meatballs. Where are they gone? Or I was going to do that. I was like, oh, okay, I'll put them back. I'll put them back. But the idea is there's uh, a list of charities that we, we're working with, Mind, Young Minds. Um, we're starting, we've got a contractual relationship with Mind now. We're working through the other charities to get into the same position. But right now we're putting those key areas on there so people can find the help they want uh, it's a community page any feedback info at bigmanbeard.com feed it back to us we're looking to build that side of it hey that's awesome thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your experience and your knowledge and um, letting us know a little bit more about the other things that are going on as well you're more than welcome Mike thank you for having me thank you and um, I know we're not we're not going to do too much extra conversation but we'll just say we are going to see each other at a later stage and have more conversations wink wink absolutely brilliant <laughs> yeah. looking forward to it yes um thank you so much and uh, i'll talk to you in a little bit excellent thanks mike take care you too bye bye These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told her everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.